0: your favorite song the conversation podcast where we ask each guest that all important but impossible to answer question what's your favorite song i am your host david ashley and what i want you to do for me is go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you have not and if you've done that then hit the notifications button and if you've done that go ahead and share the episode with one or two people who you think would appreciate it all right we got a great episode for you today. Our guest today is Councilman of the 3rd District of uh, my fair city of Hammond, Indiana, uh, Councilman Barry Tyler Jr. Uh, Barry and I get into some basketball, some Kobe talk, some Jay-Z talk, and of course we talk about uh, the political process and how he got in it and how he's doing. Um, Happy Woman's Month. We're going to talk a little bit. Our musical note today is going to be about Andrea Martin. Um, no longer with us, but Andrea is a songwriter who I guarantee you've heard uh, several of her songs. Um, but uh, you know it's interesting uh, how she got in and out uh, of the business. So we on our we are on a nice little run here of episodes. You know we got some some other great. I've been doing some pretty good interviews. And uh, l- listen, I'm not talking about how good I am at interviewing. okay um no i'm just talking about the the quality of the interviews i'm excited uh for this episode as well as the ones that i have to come and don't worry we still have those musical episodes coming up next you know we're going to tackle uh we're going to tackle the top 50 hip top 50 greatest hip-hop songs okay we're also still going to do the the early odds, the top 50 songs from the early odds. We're going to do an overall R&B list, um, top 50 greatest R&B songs, period. And then we're going to do an R&B, um, greatest 80s, 50 uh, 80s R&B songs. So stay tuned for that. And let's see what else is going on. Oh, Chris Rock had his special last night. Uh, got a little petty toward the end, which was as expected, right? This is right. Um, he got you know he got petty but he got a little like you know it's all jokes but sometimes it feels like it felt like at times he was misremembering what you know the events and how it happened Um, but nonetheless you know (laughs) wish we hadn't fought in front of white people you know (laughs) I love y'all white people but sometimes I wish we can keep that in the house but hey listen man things happen I am from the neighborhood. I've seen more happen for less. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, those two legends can work that out. But Chris Rock was in his bag, man. It was his last special I wasn't as uh, big on. But, man, it feels like he was back. He felt, you know, it was a live show on Netflix. It, it um, It felt like even he felt like he was just really back in his bag. So congrats to Chris Rock on that. Um, I'm sure the the news this week will be um, filled with commentary on that situation. So, um, listen, man. I'm not gonna be before you too long. Oh, also, somebody called me petty uh, for last week's guest for um, for making her choose between her dogs. <laughs> so, Manisha, Dr. Manisha, stuff. I apologize to you. You know, I thought it was funny it was still funny forget y'all um and also got a a decent sized audition that I just had so you know fingers crossed throw some up for you I mean not that God cares if I get it versus another actor <laughs> but you know um you know we'll, we'll see about that I'll keep you posted on the audition front um my show is coming back Succession oh man it's the fi- last and final season also last and final season of Snowfall that's already under wraps I don't know man we are gonna see man last season they last season you know they ticked us off a little bit so we'll see what they have this season not too bad so far but you know I'll just enjoy it uh, for what it is and um you know, it'd be sad to see such a great show uh, make such a turn, but also, you know, it was a great show. So I, I hate to see it go away. So, um, yeah. And one last thing, you know, people people also was like, hey, we're tired of you talking about complaining about California weather. OK. And as a Californian from Indiana, from the Midwest, I get it. My bad. Okay, I'm not gonna talk to you about how how chilly it was out here in sunny California. You have a point, especially when y'all sloshing and slushing through snow right now. Okay, that's what you wanted. All right, you got it. Cool. So the next voices that you hear will be that of myself and Councilman Barry Tyler Jr. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have, listen, I'm going to call the guest special, but this one is super special. We go back, we go back a ways, you know, Um, he was a cousin to my best friend growing up, the no longer with us Malik Christopher. Um, So, you know, he used to come around and we'd all hang out right there, summer show street and, and just, you know, I've gotten a chance to see him grow into a great dude, a great man, a family man, a, a great son, a great husband, a great brother, and um, you know now he is uh, the third district councilman for our great city of Hammond, Indiana. I want to introduce to you all Barry Tyler Jr. Barry, how you
1: doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Oh man, Appreciate thanks for it.
0: coming on. I, I I can only imagine how busy life might be with twins. My gosh, it's, yeah. I know they
1: you, they keep me busy, man. They oh, all over the
0: place. You, I know you're in the thick of it. <laughs> um, listen, we're not gonna waste no time, man. Barry Tyler Jr., what's your favorite song, dog?
1: Man, I'm gonna have to go with "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough."
0: Oh my, come on, Shamone, Team Shamone. Yeah.
1: Okay. And you know, I was I was thinking about this man because, like, I feel like that's my number. One, that's my favorite song, like in general. But like, depending on the mood I'm in, like, there's different tracks that I gotta play to kind of go along with that. So, oh, give I'm me a, some,
0: man. Give me a couple. Yeah. Man.
1: So I'm a cancer. So you know, my moods change sometimes, uh-huh. like the wind. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to so, like, what more can I say? Hov is one of my favorites too, oh, man, man. When I'm trying to get hype. Uh oh, just from my like beginning to end he just rides that beat so hard man. I, I um, wake up
0: to it a couple times a month just to get yeah. my day going man,
1: yeah. Um another one too that I feel like has kind of taken like a deeper meaning for me is uh and this, it's it's going to sound crazy but uh Summer <laughs> uh Summer off the the Carter album with Jay-Z and Beyoncé cuz my wife and I used that uh for our wedding. We went on vacation cuz we got married oh. that year. Yeah, Ooh. we went on vacation. So, like that playlist, man, was oh, and we actually Ooh. so we got married on Saturday. Three days later, we were in Detroit for their concert in Detroit. Like, really? bro, yeah, it was it was nasty, man. That was that was by far one of my favorite like concert experiences. Not my favorite concert, oh. though. I know we're gonna get to that one. Oh, yeah, we're gonna uh,
0: get to that one. Oh, that's but, good stuff.
1: But yeah, man, that that song. And then uh another one too is So in Love, Curtis Mayfield, man. Let's go, let's yeah. go. Let's go. So I can vibe out to that too.
0: Okay. Oh man, that from that concert. Everybody talks about how great that concert yeah, was, it I, was ridiculous. I, I missed out. I missed out. Great, great. Okay, so what was the first album that you owned to purchase?
1: Yeah, so the first album the the one I remember purchasing, man, is uh Harlem World by Mace. Um, Let's Let's and go. it wasn't, you know, Malik used to pass me CDs and tapes yeah. back then that I yeah. wasn't supposed to have. Um, of course so he will, he will hook me up, but I remember, yeah, that was the first one I was excited to have. And I feel like, I feel like I was trying to show like some of my friends how tough I was. That uh-huh. I was like, listening to like quote unquote gangster rap, which like Mace wasn't even that gangster, right?
0: Like, blink. yeah. he was fast. <laughs> He was past murder mace by that time. Right, it was like, exactly. Take me there, Rugrats.
1: I feel like he's more controversial now than he than he was then. Yeah, man. Um, but you know, don't y'all it, get it
0: twisted. This first mace, that first mace album, was stuff of. Don't don't y'all a- get it twisted.
1: Mjg on there, and oh, yeah, gosh. so yeah, yeah. That, uh, but the the one and I, you're gonna catch a theme here because as That's you can good. see, I, as you see my background, I'm a I'm a whole fan. I'm trying to think, yeah, right there. I got the the full autographed discography man so that's oh, like get out, that's legit. Get out. That's legit um but the first cd i remember uh like actually playing like non-stop man was uh volume two uh jay-z volume two man i was oh, and man. that summer when it came out i was working at the golf course in hammond and i was riding my bike from east hammond all the way to north hammond had the cd player uh, sitting on top of the handlebars on a oh bike, trying God. to hold it steady so it wouldn't skip. <laughs> but I remember playing that man just like nonstop. Even when I was driving the the picker to pick the range on the driving range, man just had to sit next to me, listen to it nonstop. So
0: yeah, that's that's where I came in on Hove. That was like I knew yeah. I knew Hove. I liked the songs, but that's when I became a fan. Yeah, uh, Volume Two. Okay, good stuff. Now wait, did, was that the favorite album?
1: My most favorite album, period. No. No, that's okay, not it. Let's go. My, what's the
0: what's the what's the favorite?
1: My favorite album, man. It has to be oh, I go back and <laughs> forth on this, man, because it's it's tough. But uh as you can see, my favorite artist is Hov, well, right? So jay is my let's favorite go. artist. Let's go. Um in terms of his like my favorite album, I'll probably have to go with it's it's either black album. So, it's down to three, man, which is, I know, this ain't the all point right, of your podcast, this is, but... No, nah,
0: man, this is, this is it. <laughs> this is what this first segment is all about, man.
1: Black album, Blueprint, or American Gangster? Ooh. Like, and the reason, I know you... Let's get into this question now. So, let's go. concert experience, American Gangster Tour, bro. So, Did you? He. Uh, I've been to like 13 Jay-Z concerts, right? So... Uh, and that was by far my, my favorite one. The first concert I ever went to was, um, uh, I can't think of the name of it now. Um, but it was with him. Fabulous 50 cent Missy. Um, oh man. Oh gosh. I still got the magazine for it too. I can't, uh, but it was at four or four or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh three or four. It was at, uh, the old tweeter center. In okay. Timmy Park. Um, yeah. It was one of those outside concerts. Rock the Mike Tour.
0: It was Rock the Mic Tour. Oh, okay. Okay. That
1: was my first oh, concert. Um, but my favorite one, man, was definitely American Gangster Tour, House of Blues, Chicago. Oof, um, I ended up, here's how crazy it was. That concert sold out, I want to say, in like, I don't know, something crazy, like 30, 40 seconds from Ticketmaster. I ended up buying tickets from eBay, um, uh, mm. I and mean, this was back before, like everything was like backed and like, like yeah. I was just like putting a risk out there, you know, if <laughs> I lose times. money, <laughs> exactly. But I ended up going, me and Sing A went, um, we right. got there I'm super tired. early. Yeah. We got there super early. So we were like the, like, like top 20 front first 20 people in line. Um, and so we were really, really like six to eight feet, uh, mm. in front of the stage, man. It was a concert was so sick, bro.
0: Oh, so man. sick! Oh, I'm jealous, man. I, I, I got a chance to see him um, at the BT Awards. So that wasn't a concert, yeah. but it was a concert experience. But Magna Carta tour—that hmm. was the first like just whole concert I went to, man. And I'm. I'm all, I'm all in on all the words. I remember on Jigga what? I suggest that niggas invest in the vest when I come through. And there were these, like, young folk next to me, like, how do you all know? I was like, oh, y'all not really fans. <laughs> nope. Y'all here for the most current song. Right, That's what exactly. here for. I'm here since 98, what y'all mean? Uh, have you ever been to a concert at the House of Blues in Chicago, man? I know. I've been there, Bro. but I haven't been to a concert. You're the second person in the row that's told me about, I had somebody on last week who told me who saw Kanye there mm. at the House of Blues in Chicago. So I'm-
1: That had to be tough, too. Oh, man. Except, like, Jay, he had a live band behind him. It was, like, right at the start of that, that kind of experience where hip-hop artists were using live bands. I know some okay. of you have been doing it for a minute, but yeah. mainstream. But, yeah, it was, man, it was, it was crazy.
0: Yeah, that's a. I I can't. Some people include that. Let me ask: How many classic albums does Jay Z have? And take (laughs) off your take off your your whole (laughs) vendor, and and
1: the that's a yeah. Because my first answer, my first answer is going to be our my response to that was going to be is easier to name how many not classic albums. Which it is, but let's Um, just. But I think you gotta all right. You got to go to reason and this yeah, is the let's thing. Start
0: there.
1: Reasonable doubt wasn't, you know, a lot of people don't didn't consider it a classic when it first came out, right? I feel like hindsight a lot of people have gone back and listened to it and realized how kind of before his time it was. Um but I think that's definitely a yeah. classic. Yeah. Um I think then like I would say Volume 2 is a classic. Uh I would go with Blueprint, of course. Let's go. I would go with Black Album. Let's go. Uh, I would go with American Gangster. Yes. Um. See, I would even go with <laughs> like I know. So Blueprint Two, like Blueprint Two, Kingdom Come, like people. Those are Blueprint Two.
0: If if it hadn't been a double disc, yeah, it it would have been a classic.
1: Yeah. I which technically
0: should should mean now I've heard them kind of echo as much, but. I feel like they didn't, it should still be a classic, Yeah. but what, what's, what's missing here. You, you're not big on four, four, four.
1: I am. No, I wasn't done. Oh. I wasn't done. Oh. I wasn't done. Why, why, oh. <laughs> yeah, cause cause then I would even say like blueprint three was a classic to me. I can't like how many tracks off blueprint three. I feel like were like number one, like no, no, no number one charts or like people, people still listen to, to this day. So when you pull it all together, I would say blueprint three, um, yeah, I would say I would say four four four. Um, and this of course is not not in any type of order, but
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: man, I would also say, like I know you mentioned the Magna Carta Holy Grail album. Like that to I, me too. I love that. Yeah. Album.
0: I can still listen to it all the way through. Yeah. The only song that I skip on there is Holy Grail. Is it because it was on the radio so much, and I'm usually not that guy, but I but that that I still listen to that out as a classic to me, yeah. You know, anyway, okay, that's good, that's good. We got not too painful, we got through that, we got through that. So, um, Barry, you come out of Wabash, okay, and what do you think you're about to do? Uh, for a living, not think you're about to do. What are you looking to do for a living?
1: Then, man, I had no idea. Oh, all right wow. So I double majored in speech and political science. Okay. Um, I part of me wanted to go directly into law school because I had this dream growing up of becoming a sports agent. Um, and I applied to law school, even got in, but then I was just like, I can't. I couldn't see myself doing three, four more years of school at that wow. moment. Wow. Wow. Um, okay. And so I was like, let me get back home, uh, make a little bit of money, you know, kind of experience life, see if that's still what I want to do down the line. Um, Mm -hmm. And if so, I'll be better prepared. I'll be better motivated to be able to see it through. Um, And then I just never, never went back. So I ended up, like I said, coming back to Hammond. I worked in a manufacturing plant for two years. So I was doing just I was a laborer there. Um, And then after that, I got my start in nonprofit youth development. Oh, um yeah. and that was always something I was passionate about, was just like, you know, trying to make sure that that youth, especially folks from the area that we grew up, mm-hmm. had access to like different opportunities and experiences. Cause I felt like that had so much to do with the sex success that I was having at that moment or trying to achieve. Exposure is
0: key. Exposure yeah. is key,
1: man. Yeah. Yep. Um, knowing,
0: knowing that you, I mean, being able to see it, man, is is just it. It does something to my right. brain. Was this with the uh, the golf uh, program? Is that what you're yeah. talking? Okay. That's when I first
1: got my start. Yep, I became the executive director of the First Tee program at Hammond, program. which is a youth development organization that teaches life skills through the game of golf. Um, and it's an international organization, like 215 chapters worldwide. Um, but yeah, I was their inaugural executive director, even though the program had been around for like 12 years. Um, um, so we had a lot of responsibility in terms of like uh, building the organization from the ground up. And I was only there for a couple of years, but I mean, we went from working with like 80 kids in that first year to over 5,000 by the time I was gone, um, just by being able to, you know, do increased outreach partner with different organizations and, and kind of live into the mission.
0: Okay. And just go back. You said you worked at a manufacturing plant. Yeah. Like, how did you feel there? Like, did you feel like you were, slumming it or was it it was just a means to an end you knew what you were about to do
1: i so even at that point i still didn't know what i was going to do right i knew that i knew that it was good work like it was it was hard work like don't get me don't get me twisted um and the that connection is you know my both my parents are union workers right so yeah yeah. they met in the steel mill um that's when they first started dating back in the late 70s and so at that point the the manufacturing plant that i got the job at was one of the ones that my mom was representing and so yeah i i I knew i needed some money i knew i couldn't uh just be back home chilling uh and so it wasn't like i said it definitely wasn't slumming it but it was like i knew that i had gone to college for a reason um Mm -hmm. and i knew that my parents as hard as they worked in the steel mill uh when i was growing up as a kid they knew that I could do that work and that it was good work. It was a good living, but I feel like they put me through school to do something else. Right. Um, And so I felt like I had to just figure, figure it out. And I still had no idea what I was, what I wanted to do. And I think that's probably a product. I went to a liberal arts college. Right. So like I didn't have a necessarily a, uh a business focus or like a career focus um, going there. I just kind of like dabble in a a lot of different subjects um, and just kind of figure had to figure out what my interests and passions were when I left.
0: Okay. Okay. So where does the first, I mean, I know you're a nonprofit, but where do the first thoughts of uh, entering politics come into your mind?
1: So as far as I can remember, probably probably in middle, late middle school, early high school. Um, wow. Oh,
0: okay. So it was yeah. already there. Okay.
1: Got it. And Got at it. first I think it was mostly just around like, uh, like government, like wanting to figure out how to make our city a better place. Um, and I was coming in into interaction with different community leaders, different, um, like, uh, elected officials. And I feel like, I was like, I could see myself, you know, in one of those positions. And even when I was at middle school at Eggers, we did like a service learning project where we got to shadow then Mayor D for a few weeks and kind of learn what his role Mayor did. Uh, shout out to my boy, Demetrius Goldston, who was part of that program with me. There's a picture floating around Man. of us in the mayor's office back then, back in 1997. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that kind of started, but my mom tells a story that when I was in, elementary school I told her one day that I was going to be the mayor of Hammond um Whoa. and she was like it's not like you were watching tv and saw like a mayor <laughs> she has no idea where that came from and I don't remember it and I so I don't know where wow. it came from either but she said I started under, talking about un- super early.
0: wow under uh, uh the uh, the elder McDermott back <laughs> then yeah <laughs> right wow right. wow oh that's amazing okay so then what what was the last um what was the push that, that made you say, you know what, it's it's, it's about to happen?
1: Yeah, I think. At, so it was around 20, 2016, 2017. Um, I feel like I was just like really clued in to to politics. And I actually started bef- before that. I want to say, like, I feel like Obama inspired a lot of people. And I was yeah. I was nothing different. Just kind of seeing that representation of what. I feel like good representative government could look like and should look like. And despite what people feel about, you know, his specific policies and what he did and didn't do, I just feel like the way he carried himself, the way he tried to work with so many different people and bring folks together was something that I also wanted to stand for. Um, And so I started to pay a lot more attention. I realized that like, there weren't a lot of people who were leading that way. Um, And I started reflecting on like what type of position I wanted to hold and you know, just looking back at, uh, you know, I don't wanna, I'm not trying to throw shots, but looking back at some of the representation we've had uh, mm-hmm. in our city, especially in our district, I just felt like there were so many opportunities that, that were passing our district behind because of who was in that seat and how they led, um, okay. that they were alienating people and kind of pushing those opportunities away. Um, okay. And I felt like it was time for somebody else to try to step into that and and help bridge that gap.
0: Wow. OK. And, and and to that, um, you know, you're a politician. Politicians have a rap. Right. They also have a job. Right. They have to get elected and then they can work. You know, they're different kinds. Yeah. But there was a, a moment and I told you about this. There was a moment uh, a couple, three, four years ago, maybe where someone on Facebook mentioned something, you know, said something that was a little unpleasant, right? Um, And and normally, you know, those kind of things can go viral locally. But the comment section filled up with comments from people who said, no, you got it wrong. He did this Mm -hmm. for me when it was raining. When the power went out here, he did this. And that was that's a testament to what you're saying and what, what at least, you know, your goals were in, in that moment that you have, you know, really, uh, walked that, um, walked, uh, walked the walk when it comes to helping people. And, uh, that was, uh, that was amazing to see in yeah. real time, you know, so kudos to you, uh, for, you know, being able to kind of, you know, do what you, you, you set out to do, or at least, you know, a little bit of it. So what, um, how do you handle, you know, negativity, right? You're not a congressman yet. I don't know what your future plans are, but it's like you're here locally in a city that you've grown up in, that you're from. How do you handle those situations? Now, how do you yeah. handle negative comments from a place where somebody may not know exactly what you're in charge of, but yet they're making their decision Um on you based on those things? How do you handle them?
1: Yeah. I try to, to your point, I try to compartmentalize it, right? I try to, to file it under different labels. So then I know how to exactly handle it. So for example, if it's somebody who's approaching me and calling me out for something I did or didn't do, and it's something I don't have control or power over, then the first thing I want to do is, just kind of like educate them on what my responsibilities are and who is in charge of making their decision. Um, and in a lot of ways, I I don't have power, but I have influence, right? So like I can call somebody and try to change their mind in terms of how they go about making a decision or a decision that they've made, or just try to bring them up to speed about a, a issue that a resident is having that they might not have heard about. Um, I think when it's something that a like, decision that I've made that people just don't agree with, I just gotta take that in stride. It's part of the job, right? And um, what I try to do is like, remain calm, try to convey my rationale for why I made that decision so that they understand that even if they don't agree it, they agree with it, they understand it. Um, I and I feel like, especially in our community and black and brown communities across the country, we've been like left out of that conversation. And a lot of times things are done to us instead of with us. So what I actually try to do is like, first make the, make the decision with, knowledge communication collaboration with community members um and then like i said if people don't agree with it then explain why still take their feedback get their input um and make that connection so that if there's something i don't have all the answers right i'm in my first term I, and even if i was in my fifth term i would feel like i don't have all the answers and there's like people who can open up my mind uh with their knowledge and with their experience. And so I'm always open to like having that conversation because I can be pushing, maybe even move depending on what information I've used to make that decision.
0: Got it. Okay. That's good. That's good, man. So how, how do you, you know, when, when things like that arise, how do you split time between your beautiful family and then the neighborhood? Like, you know, how is that a thing you'd pictures yeah. regularly at, you know, at, uh you know, amongst the citizens, man. So yeah. how do you split time?
1: <sighs> to, to be honest, bro, I'm still learning. Like, I'm still trying to figure all of it out, right? So everything happened so fast. So I got married in 2018. We had kids in 2020. Um, wow. I took office in 2020. Jeez. COVID hit, of course, and that kind of changed the dynamics. Um, So there's been a lot of change for me over the past, like, three or four years. And I feel like, I was just talking to somebody at work about this the other day, and you'll probably—I know you understand this, because you know the uh, Wale album, the album "About Nothing" that he did with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, right? Yeah. Um, there's that track—I think it's called like "Matrimony" with Usher, where there—and that track is hard in uh, either way. But like this, there's that conversation they're having in the background where they're asking Jerry about like how he knew he was ready for marriage or whatever, and Jerry is like, "You can't be ready, like it's growth, right? You can't." You can you can try to figure out the values that you want to lead with, that you want to show up with, but like every day there's something new that's probably going to push you and it should push you, like it should teach you something. So you can't you can't say like this is the amount of growth that I'm going to allow myself to go through. Mm -hmm, Like you have mm -hmm. to be open to it. (laughs) And I feel like that's that's what my life has been like over these past three or five years. So I try to map out like my calendar so I know where I'm supposed to be and when I'm supposed to be there. Um, I try to like me and my wife, try to communicate openly about uh, what's going on. Like if I'm being called to do something that maybe might interfere with some plans that we have, um, and at the end of the night, man, I try to be here for bedtime with my kids every single night. Wow. Um, so even if I have a meeting, you know, earlier, I still try to make it home to at least like read a book or two uh, and tuck them in. But and I, like I said, I'm not perfect. I, I get it wrong. Um, but those are the things that I think like I keep in the back of my mind just to know that like it's relationships. Any relationship is about communication. So keeping that lot yeah. of communication open and realizing that like that. Although like I have three jobs and one of my jobs is, of course, like being an elected official, which comes with a ton of responsibility. Like There's nothing that I'm doing that's more important in my family. And there's nothing that I'm doing that's more important in the responsibilities that my wife has outside of our family. Right. So like we just have to there's been a compromise in terms of like if she has an event to go to, sometimes that means I got to stay home and watch the kids and miss out on the event. Like it's just about, like I said, talking through all that and trying to figure out the right path for both of us.
0: That's great. That's great. I have a... Um, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you later. It was, a, it was a question about that song, um, Matrimony, and I'm going to see if you caught it. right. Uh, we're we're going to ask that later. Um, and just finally, any is there any advice to somebody who you know somebody made who maybe it felt like you were in elementary school thinking like I could see myself there what advice would you give to a young kid a young man teenager young woman um, you know looking to or thinking about entering a life of politics
1: yeah do it like that's that's the <laughs>
0: <Let's> I, <go. laughs>
1: I feel like I we are the only... I won't say this I won't say that we we are not the only we are we are. I feel like we are the the mm. more, more so than not, we are the race that feels like we have to have everything perfectly mapped out before we try mm. to take on uh, a yeah. new venture responsibility. Like, and that's not true. Like other yeah. people have been faking it till they make it yeah. for so long. forever. Yep. And as long yep. as you approach it with the right values, as long as you approach it, you know, in terms of like being a lifelong learner, um and building relationships and networking and, and just like being positive, just mm-hmm. do it, man. Like you're you're like I said before, you're never gonna be fully ready to take on a new opportunity. But like as long as it connects with like who you are and who you want to be, do it. That's do it. great.
0: That's great, man. That's great. I mean, it's yeah, that's a big thing, man. Thinking that you know, trying to, all your ducks man. in a row before before you do ABC is uh different. And man. That's um
1: it's yeah. so much connected to that too, right? But, and I feel like, I guess like connected to that, it's also about like having a great support network. So people that you can call on, have conversations with, get advice with that you can actually trust. So people that are in your corner, that's gonna keep it real with you and not just like sugarcoat it or not gonna sabotage you. Cause we yeah. see that happen all the time. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so okay. that's, I think that's important too. You gotta have the right support network and, and just approach it in the right way. Good,
0: good, good, okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now, there's a little uh, play by a segment I have called Play by Air where I'll just give you two options. Okay. And you choose the first one that kind of comes to your mind. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> Stayline Line Pizza or House of Pizza?
1: House of Pizza. Wow. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> I disappointed you there, man.
0: No, 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 no. I'm just, this next one might be a little tough. Eight. Or, 24? <laughs> eight cold or twenty-four. Eight Cob or twenty-four Cob. What we oh doing? man. <laughs> I love it.
1: Uh I'ma go eight.
0: You go eight? I'ma go eight. Okay. Okay. If why? Why you choose eight over twenty-four?
1: I feel like young Cob was just was just something hungry. different man and, different, yeah. and the hungry the hunger was always there right like he yeah. was even at 24 he was hungry but like that eight was just like he was just out to prove himself like <sighs> in so many different ways and i feel like 24 he had already proven himself now he was just trying to kind of maintain maintain uh, okay the oh, that's great that's the great. level above that he had in terms of other people but yeah i gotta go with with eight man
0: that's great um now, this next one I may not be correct on, but I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a try. Barefoot burger or the Joshua Cup.
1: I don't know what either one of those Jeez. is.
0: I, I picked some, listen, I picked some, is it Crawfordsville? I picked some restaurants near Wabash, and I was hoping I would hit say dirt, but I, I went over two. Rarely do I go over two. You said barefoot um,
1: burger or what?
0: The Joshua Cup.
1: Joshua Cup, yeah, man,
0: those sounded like two really like college <laughs> like college spots locally. Man, I, I crashed.
1: And also crashed. So look. I will say this about Crawfordsville. They've had a ton of development. So mm. I grew. I graduated in two thousand six. Um, so seventeen years ago, they've had a ton of development since I left. So those might be newer places. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They yep.
0: were so close to the campus. I was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> I got it on one of these. All right, <clears throat> I'm and and. I'm sorry, man. You're gonna have to choose, man. If you can, the black album or Blueprint.
1: I know. I'm going. I'm going with Blueprint. You going with Blueprint? Yeah. Mm, okay. And okay. I, to, yeah. to be honest, man, it's like you just gotta separate it. Once again, it goes back to vibe. Like, what type of vibe am I feeling? Yeah. And I feel like the the black album i was just listening to it yesterday man it's so like like reflective and like he's yeah. like he was on the verge of walking away right and so like yeah he was just he just came into the album i feel like with a different type of message different type of vibe different type oh, of feel man. but that blueprint, was uh...
0: man, go ahead i'm sorry
1: now i was gonna say blueprint to me covers any feeling you might be having You can listen to a song with a blueprint and
0: catch that vibe. Like, you just covered all bases. Song cry. (laughs) Hola. Hola, Hovi. Like, all of that. Yeah. Yep. You want to be confrontational. You hit that door sample with that takeover, (laughs) the break's over. Um, Okay. And um, this last one should be pretty easy. Okay. Uh, Tiffany or Tanya? Don't answer! Don't you answer that? Don't you answer that? <laughs> as he does a, as he does an actual
1: spit take,
0: <laughs> an actual spit take. <laughs> Don't
1: I didn't know where that. you were going with that, man. But hey, yeah, uh, I please the
0: you know, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, it's all. I do not want that Tanya smoke or Tiffany smoke. for That matter. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Mrs. Tyler, defense, man, I apologize. Really. I'm joking. It's a joke out here. So, okay. Oh man, that's it, man. Dog, thank you for coming through. I know you got a lot going on. Um, I'm gonna tell you, I see Kobe fading away in the background. Yeah, oh, that is a that oh, is an I'm amazing, yeah,
1: well, that's yeah.
0: Sad. That's a that's yep. an oh, I need that. That's amazing. And you um, see, too, man,
1: this uh, I got the Hall of Fame joints oh, right shoot. there. I uh, don't even see that. And that's, so that bottle, I know they're selling them like mainstream now, but I actually went to, I think you know this, but I went to the Hall of Fame and Shrine Ceremony. Of I remember that, yeah. And I got that um, that body armor bottle from there. I got one of the rings too, man, yeah. I wish you could all see. Right. The, I got, this wall is all Kobe right now. Like, oh, it's, man. yeah. I'm at the oh, show amazing. to you. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Man, again, though, it's not like, you know, I'm such an elder statesman, only you know (laughs) a few years older, but uh, proud of you, man. Proud of what you've become. I can't wait to see, you know what you have in store, man. Honestly,
1: no, I appreciate that, man. (laughs) And yeah, I I feel like y'all were folks that I did look up to growing up, man. And I know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Malik, uh, rest his soul, but he was just like he was a different dude too, man. And I I find you know he was. My family is like one of the only families that's not like very well connected in the city. So like Malik mm. was my cousin, but he was more like a brother, bro. Uh and yeah. I know you understand that. Yeah. Um so yeah. yeah, man, I appreciated like how he looked out for me and and y'all always made me feel like I could hang with y'all and uh yeah. and get into some crazy going to the corner store. Yeah, right uh, right. And get grab bags, <laughs> like all of that, man. So no, I appreciate y'all. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. Oh, man. It's nothing, man. Okay, cool, cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed that once again. Uh, Barry Tyler Jr. Ooh. Once again, keep saying it. Um, I, listen, it's not like I'm 10, 20 years older uh, than Barry, but I'm proud of him, man. It's, it's great to see him. Um, on this trajectory, it's good to good to see his rise, and and again, I've been knowing him since we were children, and um, yeah, yeah, he's making he's making his family, he's having it proud, um, you know, just continuing that because somebody has to do it. You know, it's it's Barry, it's um, it's Katrina, it's it's people. You know, uh, you know, folks, uh, young folks, moving it forward, uh, leadership wise, and they're also. I want to give uh, my condolences um, to the family of Reverend Wayne Hudson, another leader uh, from East Hammond, passed away on uh, either last week or the week before, but either way, um, good dude and um, yeah, rest in peace and uh, peace and light and love and prayers to um, his family and loved ones, all right? Uh, so as I mentioned before, in um, celebrating Women's Month, I wanted to talk about a um, a woman who's no longer with us, uh, Andrea Martin, uh, born April 14th, 1972 in New York City. Um, she's a, a singer and a songwriter, and she even had her own album uh, called The Best of Me, and uh, came out in 98, but most of her work uh, was for other artists, took this out.
2: So what happened was one day um, I was talking to my friend who was Eric Cole who used to be at BMI and then he called me one day and he was like, I'm at a publishing company. So he said to me, yeah, I'm at a publishing company. So back then I always thought like publishing only had to deal with books and not music. So he was like, I don't have time for this Andrea, stop playing. But I needed a job, so three weeks later he called me. He was like, "All right, I can't find anybody to sign as a you know as a songwriter, so I'll give you a chance." So he gave me like four tracks, and he said, "If you do one, you're hired." So I did all four.
0: And here Andrea talks about some of the pitfalls of being uh, new to the music industry. And um, right
2: at the same time, so my biggest mistake was not knowing that. All the time, as a demo singer, that I was actually writing the records, or as a producer, that I was actually producing the record and just getting a little check, and hearing it on the radio making a big check. Hands in the air for those who've done that before. A little bit of production and heard it somewhere else, and you learn from your mistakes. So. you don't know what you do until you do it, so you gotta be careful, you gotta know what you're worth, you gotta know what percentage you're worth when you go in to write the people. Because if you don't, you'll end up hearing your stuff. You won't have a copy of it, you won't be able to go to court because you don't have a copy of it. And the other people that are on the side will turn their back and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know, for example, like I used to demo a lot of records and there was a club beat that came on and two guys were like, oh, um, here's some lyrics. You know, at the time, I was going paid 150 as a demo. And, um, you know, he said to me, oh, if you put this demo down and I don't have a melody, but if you make these lyrics work, I'll give you $300. So I was like, 300 Okay, focus. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So the beat came <laughs> on. And I'm sitting there, you know, you don't know what you're writing. And he's like. And I'm like, okay, so there's too much lyrics here. Heartbreak promises. Woo! <laughs> I have more than my share. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so then it was like, give me one big note in the front. I'm like, oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So I wake up one day, right? The $300, this was the check. Right. Wow. And my sister called me and she goes, you on the radio. Mm. So I'm like, no, I can't be on the radio. I'm telling her, oh, Tags.
0: Right. Tag was oh, yeah <laughs> wow imagine having written on such an enormous song and not even know that you were a writer on it you know the song you know it reached number one on like hot dance mix <laughs> billboard hot 100 it, it it reached number five or number eight or something like that just just imagine right just an example of some of those bumps and bruises you have to go through um you know in in any industry really but especially the music industry here um uh, andrea talks about uh one of the two of the songs that she wrote and how they came uh about it's a quick story about uh two very you know uh recognizable songs check it out So if you didn't catch the beginning of that uh, she was talking about how tony braxton was supposed to um, sing before you walk out of my life which she wrote which andrea martin wrote and instead to make up for it she ended up writing uh, i love me some hymn for tony braxton um i guess to make up for it and here are some of the other um songs and people that she's written uh for and it's really like it, it, I, I kind of like that I wasn't really a credit reader growing up um, I didn't have a lot of albums but as an adult just just being able to you know read you know who wrote what man stuff like that is, is obviously uh, very entertaining to me let's see um, she wrote Hooked on You for Silk um, You're the One SWV Um, set it off with organized noise and queen latifah uh, can't let go she wrote uh that in vogue track for the set it off soundtrack of course i love me some him um uh, don't let go i'm sorry for in vogue um again so many so many songs man where um the the one by fiona uh and it kills me To let you know how much I love you. She wrote that. She wrote, uh, she wrote, uh, what's it? I can't eat, I can't sleep anymore. For Angie Angie Stone. She wrote that. And uh, it just goes on and on, man. So uh, rest in peace to Andrea Martin. I just wanted to honor her uh, on today, this this day, uh, with the first episode, (laughs) first week of uh, Women's Women's History Month and uh, yeah so that is the show Um, again rest in peace to Andrea Martin one of the great songwriters um, you know uh, of our time and um, you know rest in peace to her peace and light to her family and loved ones Um, yeah that's it man hope you enjoyed the show Uh, we will be back uh, next week and again, you know, go ahead and share a couple of episodes with a couple of people. Um the episodes are are I mean, you know, last up and down, but for the most part, they're all rising um up and to the right, and that's good. So you can help with that. You can help by rating us, right? Give us a rating, leave a little comment on Insta uh, on Instagram. Well, do that too. But on especially on um Spotify and apple podcasts and you know and share a couple episodes with a couple of people you like go find your favorite episode share those and uh you know let's drive this listenership viewership up all right and again want to thank you i want to say thank you to my um my guest today um barry tyler jr um no smoke tiffany attenier okay I don't want no smoke (laughs) for making him compare. I don't want no smoke, okay? Peace and love. Uh, So we're just going to end this episode the same way we do every week uh, with words from the great Quincy Jones. Uh, Quincy said, let's not be so full of ourselves. Instead, let's always leave space for God to enter the room. All right? your favorite song till next week